0: Listener, that's an assumption. It's morning here, so I'm just being truthful to the time of day. Actually, it's twenty past twelve. Hello, listener!
1: Hello, listener, and welcome. Like, I literally stopped so you could do the intro. I was like, I'm not going to do my normal shtick. I'm like, I'll let Kyle do it. And then you've yeah. literally looked at me like, I am lost. I don't know what I'm doing. Now, Help me, Joel.
0: Joel's going to let me do it because I've dragged him out of bed. That's why I said, no, 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 morning. no.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've not dragged me out of bed at 20 past 12. Sorry. I've been up since seven.
0: I came to meet Joel because I insisted we do his extra special absolute worldly football podcast this week because it is international week
1: it is it is international week
0: international week for those of you who are new to our listenership those of you hello um you won't know that international week is when there are no club football games there is a um schedule, Year throughout, with his little breaks for international games, qualifiers, friendly sometimes. But this week, it's all about the international European qualifiers, Joel. Is it? Which aren't strictly international. Well, they are inter; they're between nations, but they're not b- between the whole world. Right. I've lost you already. Yep. So I'm going to talk this week about the last, the final qualifying games for the European Championships next summer, Amazing. the playoffs. Yes. And we're going to have uh, a roving reporter out in the field telling us about some games in the Arab world. We have a field. The international field. We have an international
1: field. The yes. Arab world? Isn't that the wrong thing to say? No, I think that's fine. I'm um, pretty sure that's fine. We
0: have a roving reporter who's going to be telling us about uh, a very, very rare game, an international game played within the confines of the Palestinian state.
1: That is very, very exciting.
0: Very interesting, and I'm very excited to hear about that. But I think also later on, we have our very first footballer guest
1: that is probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened to this podcast uh it may even increase our listener chip.
0: i think we found a really good little corner for ourselves with people that don't know much about football jobs so let's hope we don't embarrass ourselves in front of a, a fully fledged yeah, player that's
1: true. we actually have to sort of be on our be on our best form but don't you have to leave at some point are you gonna still be here when he gets
0: here? oh i think he's phoning in oh great or cool. maybe he maybe he's stepping in i don't know I don't want to spoil it, Joel, because I have organised this. Hashtag and no spoilers. Well, I give you the listeners. I give you a, list, a clue, listener. This player is coming to uh, be interviewed from another country.
1: Wow! International in more ways than one on the Absolute Worldie Football Podcast. Joel,
0: how would you sum up your feelings about this episode?
1: Uh, I'm concerned about it. its football-heavy content.
0: You may be right to be. I'll try and keep <laughs> it light. We'll be back with more after this. Tell you what, Joel, being on this side of the microphone, it feels like I'm in a parallel universe. Well, it's a
1: multi-directional microphone, so our listeners would have had no idea that we were, we'd were we changed up the seating arrangement.
0: I think they will be able to tell there's a difference from the, the difference in our tone. I feel different. I feel like I'm in the upside down. Great. Good. Speaking of which, I'm going to Stranger Things Secret Cinema. Are you? I'm very excited. I've
1: never been to a secret cinema. This
0: is my first secret cinema.
1: How much are the tickets?
0: I don't know. It was a wedding present.
1: Right. That's nice. That's ba- a nice thing. Back to the football. Nah, I mean, that was good. People will enjoy that. I was a little dipping our toe outside of football for 30 seconds. Maybe this I'll... is where we have a guest normally, to keep us out of the football.
0: But we also don't have a guest this week, so it could be an extra special not-so-long episode. So I'll crack on. Okay. Now, this is the final week of European qualifiers. They are There are 10 games in a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is games 9 and 10.
1: Oh, so there's no more after this, so we can just let this international fiasco end.
0: Well, Joel.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad I asked that question. Remember
0: our episode on the Fun, 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 Fun Nations League?
1: The UEFA Nations League. Fun, that was fun.
0: over a year ago. So the UEFA Nations League. Li- the UEFA Nations League now kicks back into play after Christmas oh, because God. the playoffs oh, no. for the European Championships are taken from the Nations League. I still don't understand it. I'm going to do it very quickly. Okay. Twenty-four Strap in, listener. 24 teams. Next summer, European Championship Finals in a host of cities all around the continent. Yes. Um,
1: Proper European Championships. Exactly. Are we
0: going to be in it? Well, (laughs) we're almost guaranteed. Who's we? No, I meant uh, England. It was a a Brexit joke. Move on. I haven't got time for that this week. Um, (laughs) 20 teams are qualifying. Two from each of the 10 groups. Nice. Then, we have four extra places, but those are being played off by 16 teams, Joel.
2: Okay, right.
0: I'm going to tell you the teams that are almost already. nailed on for qualification from the qualific- from the qualifying groups, not from the Nations League. Okay, okay. England, Czech Republic, Ukraine, Portugal, Netherlands, Germany, Ireland, Denmark, Croatia, Hungary, Spain, Sweden, Poland, Austria, Turkey, France, Belgium and Russia and Italy and Finland. They're the one that stands out the most to me. Finland. Finish with the Finns. Now, Finland, if we go t- into the N- Nations League playoff qualification. This was last year when a bunch of teams played each other in a new format to see who would have the chance to play off to have a free place in the, in the European Championships without having to qualify. Finland won that too in their table. So even if they don't make it through the qualification in the next two, three days, they'll have another chance in the playoffs.
1: Yep. I'm so definitely following this and I have gone. Our, our football illiterate listener will be following this too. I'm
0: going to just quickly go through what it means to our local... Neighbouring nations, or as they're sometimes called the home countries. Because I think that's where... The home nations. The home nations. Um, Wales, Ireland and Northern Ireland are probably going to miss out on qualification through the groups. But they are almost nailed on for a place in the Nations League playoffs.
1: So how many games would they have to win? It's su- assuming they're going to lose in this game 9 and 10 of the of the qualifying, how many games are they going to have to win to get in via the Nations League playoffs?
0: Two. There'll be a semi-final and then a final.
1: So let's hope that Wales, Northern Ireland and Ireland all get through.
0: I could go on about this Nations League. I'm not going to very much, apart from the other teams that stand to qualify. Well, you've
1: missed that, Scotland and England.
0: They're the home countries. Yeah, oh, yeah, Scotland uh, have been abysmal in qualification, but they won their Nations League, which they're nailed on a playoff place. Great. But they, the thing is, they are playing so badly that they may as well not be playing it because they're not going to win it. And England? England, are, if they get a point in the next two games, they're qualified.
1: Right, so there's sort of, they'll be at the European Championships.
0: But I'll come back to England in a minute. Brexit or
1: no Brexit, guys. How does that work? Well, then again, Israel play in the European Championships, and that's not in Europe. So, you know.
0: Other teams that stand to have a a sort of pot shot at qualification through the Nations League playoffs are Georgia, Belarus, Kosovo, and Macedonia. Okay. One of those teams will be at the European Championships. Come
1: on, arbitrarily, Kosovo.
0: Other ones? Scotland, Finland, Norway or Serbia, one of those will be there. Come on, less arbitrarily, Finland. I want Finland there. I love Finland. Well, Finland are probably going to qualify just from the groups. Uh, it'll be a fine
1: set of circumstances. No, a Fin. No, forget it. Go on. Listeners,
0: if you want to follow Finland next summer, Tiemu Puki is mm. your man.
1: puki 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 That's what I say.
0: What a striker.
1: He's not scored in six games for
0: Norwich. But he's scoring for Finland. He, of course he is. He's, he's, he's Pukki. Poo- Fantastic. Let's return to England, Joel. Yeah. Let's move on from the Nations League. Let's talk about his qualifiers. The next game against Montenegro on Thursday is the thousandth uh, England competitive game.
1: Congratulations, England.
0: Uh listeners, you will this game would have happened by the time we listened to this episode, probably. But a thousand games in, that's a that's a big uh, a big benchmark for the national team. And the players, the FA have gone through all the players who have played for England in that time, and they've given everyone a, uh, a legacy number. Right. I don't know what that means. So your first cap and the order that came in, there's been something like 1,273 players that have played for England. Okay. Gareth Southgate has a legacy number. It's 1,071. Stuart Pierce's is 999. Sorry,
1: is this the game that they played in or the, the, they were the player that was that? And... Yes. So, hold on. Gareth Southgate was the what number of player? 1, play thousand
0: and seventy first.
1: And how many players in total?
0: 1,244.
1: So... Since Gareth Southgate stopped playing football in, what, the early 90s? Mm-hmm. Uh, the early noughties, sorry. There's only been under 200 players play for England.
0: Yeah. That's the
1: pretty interesting. The say pretty interesting. It's sort of averagely
0: interesting. The latest is Tyrone Mings. What number is he? He's what? the latest. one, two, four, four. So, right, okay. Who's won? Who's won what? Who's number one? Oh, I can tell you that. Robert Barker. Of Hertfordshire Rangers How? <laughs> and do you want know why he was number one? Why? Because he was a goalie Of course Because there was obviously 11 on the first game Well there must have been Otherwise it wouldn't be football But because it was the first game back in like the 1870s He swapped during the game to play outfield
1: So he should be If he had, He should just add it up it's, I think it's he one of like our... If he was on
0: the left wing He should be number 12 Because I... of 11 and 1 combined <laughs> Fine But I also think it's one of our best ever Absolute worldy football stats The first ever England goalkeeper Played Monkey Rush <laughs> That's the most football term.
1: I wish we had a guest that you explained Monkey Rush to. Joel, sometimes you don't have to have a guest. It's fine. Okay, well, I'm telling you now, listener, if you don't know what Monkey Rush is and you think it sounds like we're being very odd, right, right now, I want you on the tube or in your house, find a footballing, a football-loving friend, someone who played football at school, and say to them, do you remember the days of Monkey Rush? And I bet you you'll get a response. That's... Do you remember the days of Monkey
0: Rush? It sounds so dodgy. It sounds horrible. (laughs) There is a special celebration on Thursday night for this 1000th game. Yes. All of the surviving members of the 1966 World Cup winning team have been invited. Great. And it's not as many as you would think, actually. Um, And all the players who have earned over 50 caps. I've got a list of them, Joel. You don't want to see it. I really don't. Um, But I've got a little, little tiny quiz for you. Who's provided the most players for England? Which... Football Club has provided the most players for England. Bolton Wanderers. He's gone for Bolton. Why have you gone for Bolton? It's as good an answer as any.
1: I'm showing Joel the the results. I'm genuinely shocked. Tell us why. Uh, Because, first of all, I thought that maybe out of those over 1,000 and something uh, players, there would be some, you know, between maybe 1900 and 1950, there'd be one of the old... Bastions of British foot- of English football in the north Like being well represented Like Bolton Or Burnley Or Preston North End But no The top are all very famous teams And right at the top With 78 people
0: It's Tottenham Hotspur I was surprised as well Yeah And then Liverpool and Aston Villa Both on 74 Aston Villa that's pretty good I think so too mean, But then consistently They've been in the, in the top division For 95% of their existence Yeah that's true Now Joel I've got one more question About this uh, England cap bonanza 27 <coughs> cap players 27 <laughs> players have won a cap Whilst not playing in England
1: Oh great I like this
0: That's not many is it
1: That's not many But I, I bet I can do a couple of them
0: I only want you to tell me Who's got the most Whilst not playing in England mm-hmm. See I think it's a trick question It's not Oh then it's David Beckham It is <laughs> 55 of his caps came whilst playing abroad. Yeah, well, he did leave. He did leave. (laughs) But David Beckham will be there at this game with all those other cap bastions. That's nice, because the last last
1: thing we saw of him was him high-fiving his daughter. No, forgetting to high-five his daughter after Lucy Bronze's rocket for the England Lionesses versus Norway.
0: Oh, poor Harper Seven. She
1: turned to him with her hand up to high-five, but he was still clapping and he didn't notice, and the cameras caught it. Highlight of the World Cup, it wasn't.
0: Father of the year, David Beckham. (laughs) I've got one more international week fact for you. Do more. No one's listening by this point. Joel, you've got to edit this shit. (laughs) Stop it. Okay, so. You know know how like when you're playing on FIFA manager mode and you get get an offer to manage an international team whilst you're a club manager? One of my favourite things that ever happens. It never happens in real life, but it's happening. Michael O'Neill has is taken over Northern Ireland. He's taken over as a manager of Stoke City and his deal is I'll take the job. Stoke are languishing at the bottom of the championship. They just got relegated. It's not a good time to be a Stoke player or a fan or a manager, but they've offered him the job. He said yes, but I'm only take it if I can stay as manager of Northern Ireland through to these playoffs that we already spoke about. Hell yeah, he wants to Stoke Ulster Fires. That's really good. Thank you. I thought I thought of that just on the spot just then. But there's only two games. I think they should allow it.
1: Yeah, I also think I love I love the idea. I mean, this is this will be over a lot of pe- a lot of your heads, listener. But um, the uh the, the 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 sheer audacity to be able to be an international team manager who only play five times a year and a club manager who
0: play every week is exciting to me. Me too. Uh, and do you know what the The first game they had under his uh, tutelage stoke, they won 4-2. Good With a couple of, I must say, absolute worldy goals from Sam Klukas. Irish
1: eyes are smiling. Or Northern Irish eyes are smiling. Let's not get our toe into that particular ball of conflict.
0: Let's not, but let's keep an eye out for Northern Ireland in the UEFA Nation League's playoffs. And maybe Wales, and maybe Ireland. And let's follow Finland all the way to the Arctic Circle.
2: Okay, football is good, football is fun, football is there for everyone. I can't really be bothered to follow it promptly, but I'll tell you one thing, I prefer it to broccoli.
1: So as I predicted, Kyle has departed the absolute Worldy football podcast studios, leaving me to helm this international week solo. Uh, And as we... as I do apologise, listener, for not being overly enthusiastic in the previous segments, but trust me, my mood has picked up because I have been joined by this podcast's favourite footballer currently plying his trade abroad. It's ex-Manchester United manager's favourite player...
0: Mike Smalling. Mike, welcome to the studio. Hello, Joel. Um, uh, how are you? I'm fine. It's an absolute pleasure to come on to the podcast. Um, I've listened throughout all of your episodes. I think this is the 37th episode, and I'm, I'm very um, happy to be on it.
1: Great. Uh, and so you're currently uh, at Roma in Italy.
0: Yes, I'm on loan at Roma from Manchester United, Um I'm having a, a life changing experience, and um, I've learnt a lot.
1: What, what, what specifically have you learnt?
0: Well, I was absolutely rocked by the blasphemy blaspheming fiasco. Um, so I made sure that I was never going to blaspheme on the pitch and be fined like those poor boys. So I, I've I've learnt words. I've learnt the Italian equivalent of gosh, Wh- which is. I, 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 if I say it and it gets picked up in the wrong way, I could be fined, so I'm, I'm not going to risk it.
1: I thought the whole point of keeping it keeping it clean would
0: be you're really... trying to catch me out there, Joel, and I won't. <laughs> I won't be doing it.
1: Oh well, you are well known, Mike, for your <laughs> for, for for your uh, absolutely clean mouth. So, um, um, thank you, out, Joel. I do appreciate just that. Just out of interest, uh, I know it must be hard being a, a British player abroad. Uh, do you have any friends in the Roma dressing room?
0: No. In short, no. There are some boys that speak English. um, Like who? Edin, Jeko, and um, uh, Henry, Henrik, Have You
1: got uh, any fun anecdotes about Henrik and Edin?
0: No, I don't. I I tend not to um, spend much time with them because of past rivalries. Right. But um, I, I've been trying to orchestrate one of my good friends to come over, Jack Rodwell. Jack.
1: Jack Rodwell
0: Yes he's been out The poor boy's been Without a club Since he tried to Completely Bankrupt Sunderland All of his own Yes um, But they, they had talks But then they went Another way oh. They bought in Someone else Who's not English
1: So Would you say That you have no friends
0: Well I'm not here For friendship I'm here to learn About another culture And also To play football Which I'm doing Quite a lot How's it been going it's been a mixed bag, I'm not going to lie to you, Joel, culminating in a bizarre incident two weeks ago where a ball hit me in the face and the referee gave a penalty and the team scored uh, in the last minute, denying us victory. Mm. And I was saying to the referee, in my best English and my best Italian, mixing it up, but it hit my face! It hit my face! And he wasn't having it. He, what's VAR for, Joel? What's VAR for?
1: What's VAR for? Uh, well, uh, i recommend you go back and listen to episode 36 of the Absolute World of Football Podcast, where well, you'll learn that lesson. Okay. Um, so uh, so you have no friends, you have no one to talk to, and a ball hit you in the face, and they gave handball and sent you off. So it's going well, then, you really...
0: Well, actually, my stats have been good. Um, in fact... <laughs> do, you,
1: do you, as a footballer, do you spend a lot of time following your own stats, Mike?
0: Well, I, I I do like to keep in in touch with my stats, and I have I'm in the top two for clearances, passes out from. the... In fact, I'm, I'm I think I'm second best in the league from distributing from defensive areas. Great. So actually, I'm I, my play is improving. My cultural understanding of Italy is vastly improved. Great. Um, and I was expect not. I don't want to get on the wrong side of Mr. Southgate, but I was hoping. I was going to be coming home not just to meet you, Joel, and not just to go to the Tutankhamun exhibition at the Saatchi. Oh, is that what you're going to check that well, out? Well, I'm or... going there after this, but...
1: Oh, brilliant. Can I come?
0: Yes. That great. would be nice. That would
1: be great. I mean, I know you've not had anyone to speak to for a while, so... We could go together. I'd love to see the Tutankhamun exhibition with you, Mike.
0: Well, I'd tell you one person we're not going to invite is Gareth Southgate.
1: So you're not in the England squad?
0: I've not made it, and he was asked about it... And he said, we're not looking in that direction at this moment.
1: Not looking towards Italy or towards you? I
0: think he meant towards sort of central Europe, which right. is a shame because I think Adam Ola-Luckman's playing quite well for Leipzig.
1: Oh, that is a shame. <laughs> you follow Adam Ola, do you?
0: There's a few of us playing abroad and I do like to pretend we've got some sort of solidarity. So but...
1: let's, uh, let's do a quick, uh, just, just so great that you've come in. Thank you for giving us your time. Just, um, just a quick pop quiz on Rome. And Roman culture, so... Uh, Fantastic. Favourite work of art you've seen?
0: Um, the Tutankhamun exhibition <laughs> was in Rome before it came to the Sartre, so I, I will be seeing it for a second time.
1: Favourite uh, uh, food that you've eaten?
0: Well, I can't carb load very much, since I'm a professional footballer, but they do a wonderful um, putonesca in my local. Um, I, I, will, I will, I like that. What, what goes into a putonesca? It's sort of like um, melted in um, anchovies... <laughs>
1: You're an anchovy fan, eh? Yes. Right. Uh, favourite flavour of ice cream?
0: Uh, that's easy. Stracciatella.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, favourite uh, ancient Roman site?
0: Um, I think... I do like the Stadio Olimpico, where I play all the time. <laughs> it's quite ancient. I, I spend most of my free time... There. Do
1: you ever been to the Coliseum or anything like that?
0: I have been, but I find it less impressive.
1: <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Well, Mike, it's been you're the first footballer who's ever deigned to come on to this uh, show. I'm sorry Carl couldn't be here To uh It's okay.
0: I'm sure I'll meet him in due course.
1: Yes, uh you will. So Mike, uh, any any last uh messages messages for our listener?
0: Um yeah, if you could um just make sure that when you any of you if you do see Mrs. Southgate do just throw some stats, at, Smalling stats, at him. Smalling stats, and maybe they will hit him in the face. And unlike me, getting penalised, I will get what's the opposite of penalised, Joel? I don't know. Um, benefit by getting a cap.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I'm sure we'll see you soon.
0: Goodbye.
2: Hi, my name's Joe. Uh, I'm attending the first ever match between Saudi Arabia and Palestine to be held in the occupied Palestinian territories. Uh, Saudi Arabia, until this until today, have always previously uh, refused to play games in the occupied Palestinian territories because to enter the West Bank, which is where we are, you have to go through an Israeli checkpoint, and that was seen as normalisation. Uh, the fact normalization with Israel and the, the Arab states still boycott Israel over the treatment of the Palestinians and have done since the creation of Israel in the 1940s. The fact that they've changed in some ways is controversial in the sense of some critics have seen it as normalization but in a way also not actually isn't that controversial because the Palestinian government invited them here, the Palestinian Football Association invited them here. Um, they are playing uh, as you can hear it, I'm stuck in traffic close to the stadium and it's raining quite hard. It's the first bit of rain we've had since, I guess, proper rain, since maybe April. Uh, and so, like, I, I can't imagine, you know, Palestinians or Saudis, certainly Saudis, don't see much rain. So I think it would be a, an interesting experience for them, They'll everyone looks massively underdressed without anything to keep them warm. It's been very hot all day, it's been 32 degrees, now it's suddenly going to be freezing throughout the game because of the rain. I'll go back to the politics in a second, but the, the stadium, the Faisal Husseini Stadium, nas- the Palestinian National Stadium is uh, right next to the Israeli wall that separates Jerusalem uh, from the West Bank. Uh, this is a wall that is part of a wider wall that Israel built that separates the West Bank from Israel uh, and uh, Jerusalem, and that they began to build in 2002, and that they've still got pieces left to build. And the stadium is—I'm literally driving as I, as I'm driving here. The stadium is uh, about. 600 meters ahead on my left hand side and on my right hand side of this road is the the wall so in a way this is both controversial and not controversial saudi appearing here um previously in 2015 they were due to pal- play palestine and they refused to come here seeing it uh, saying that it would be normalization with israel and the israeli occupation in recent years however a number of other arab teams not as well known as as Saudi Arabia a number of other Arab countries have come and it's become increasingly normalized. Uh, Critics say that it's like normalization with Israel and like de facto recognition of Israel because you have to go through an Israeli checkpoint to get into the West Bank. But at the same time... Jesus, it's really raining. Um, At the the same time... Wow, that's thunder and lightning. Uh, (laughs) At the same time... um, they did special arrangements whereby there were no, like, you didn't have Israeli soldiers searching the bags of, Pal- of, of of Saudi players, for example, or anything like that. They came to an agreement whereby the Jordanians would do it mostly. Um, this is going to be utterly insane. It's like, it's like Huddersfield away in February level of rain. So, as I said, uh, I will update you throughout the game and, uh, uh, and as it goes on but yeah uh, so whilst it is controversial and while it's certainly a first in the sense of Saudi Arabia is seen as probably the the along with Egypt the two biggest Arab teams and obviously Saudi Arabia in the geopolitical sense has moved quietly whilst it doesn't have official recognition of Israel quietly everyone accepts that the relations with Israel have improved massively in recent years um and so uh, and there, there is increasing security coordination with the common enemy of iran to use the the common phrase and so critics still see this as you know part of saudi normalization but actually in a way it's it may even be the opposite it may be that the saudis are aware of the criticism that they're not doing enough for the palestinians and so they acceded to a palestinian Request to actually visit because, like I said, four years ago when they were due to play uh, the Palestinians before they they did the game in Jordan in a neutral venue. About now before the game, fucking chaos. They uh, it's the first because it's such a big game. The biggest uh, company, the biggest telecoms company, gave away all the tickets for free, first come, first served. There's no system. We're all just being crushed towards the wall, and eventually, some of us get in and some of us don't. I am now, like right now, honestly, I don't think I've been this crushed since the, like you know, like, <laughs> Sunday night at Glastonbury. Finally got in. And I'm in the press box uh, after much negotiation with people but it sounds like everyone now knows what um, Absolute Wildly Football Podcast is. Uh, The the players are coming out onto the pitch they've all got Palestine written on the back no numbers it's good for symbolism it's not so good for those of us who don't know the players. So just finished the just going to the beginning of the second half. Uh, The Saudis probably dominated first half, but both sides had decent chances, both sides had a one-on-one, this mass straight at the keeper. Start second half, Saudis are well on top so far, we're about, we're 40, ah no, I don't know how many minutes exactly, because the the machine, the big board's not working. Palestinian man has lost it, he's giving it away. Uh, As I said, I don't know if I said this earlier, yeah, Um, there's people sat on near, the roofs of nearby buildings leaning out of windows to try and watch this game. It's absolutely packed. You can probably, It's a small stadium, probably it's only meant to have about 10,000. You'd probably think that it's, it's all standing right now. You'd probably think there's probably more like 15 in here. As I said, all the tickets were given away for free, so it's pretty chaotic. And there was no system of working out who had a ticket and who didn't. Um, it's 80 minutes, it's still 0-0. To be honest, the Palestinians look quite tired. Uh, but um, there's about 10 minutes left. People are starting to leave. It's still 0-0. I don't know why they're starting to leave. Oof, that was a two-foot tackle. And then asked my friend Hassan, what do you think of the game so far? No, Now, the game, I think that the Palestinian team, now they're looking for the one point because they failed, look at that, failed that they would get the three and they because they are uh, tired. Now I think their duty is to keep the match 0-0. Uh, zero, zero. And back in the car, it ended 0-0. you probably say Palestine slightly edged it. But then the press conferences afterwards, uh, which I went in obviously as a representative of absolute worldly. Um, there wasn't very much political. Both managers said that they would have liked to have won the game which I guess isn't rocket science. Uh, the Palestinian guy was more upset than the, the French goes, the manager of Saudi Arabia. Um, but I think both will take a point and move on. Uh, and the point may well be normalisation between the Gulf States and Israel.
1: And that was long-time listener, first-time guest, Joe Dyke, journalist, uh, reporting live. I say live. Reporting from uh, Palestine uh, f- a few months back, he sent us all that information. Uh, really, really interesting.
0: Absolutely fascinating. Um, I couldn't help getting sort of waylaid by the amount of rain. Yeah, it sounded like it rained a lot. I don't expect rain in that part of the world.
1: that's no, the Mediterranean. It's got, got various weather systems welcome back by the way you missed our guest
0: i know i know but i had to be somewhere um, Ah,
1: cool well don't worry i think i did a really good interview
0: oh good well done And I, I, I know you really weren't up for this episode so i really appreciate you like actually oh, pulling a for, finger out
1: i was up for pulling my finger out
0: yeah showing oh. a bit of enthusiasm i hope you were polite to him i was
1: i was nothing but polite great to, to mike
0: well hopefully he'll come back uh and if you want the uh, origin
1: of mike uh, Smalling, uh, please go back and listen in season three to an episode uh, entitled "Poor Skulls in a Bin Eating a Kebab," uh, where you will hear where we first learnt about the existence of Mike Smalling. What a player! What a player! Um, so, Kyle, internationals, still a fan?
0: Joel, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't excited by all the permutations. Obviously, I did a very bastardised version of all the, of everything that can happen this week. Mm. It could all go. It still could all be up in the air. That's true. These some of these places are nailed on. There's still so many, even with two games to go, that are uncertain. And then, of course, the lottery mm. of the Nations League playoffs. Fun, fun, fun.
1: Yes, all of this uh, really
0: excites me. And fills you me. love playoffs. Why are you pretending like you don't? I just don't care about international football. I have seen you. We've heard tales of you. We've done episodes building up to international Women's football Women's international tournaments. football. I'll give you that. Joel,
1: what are we are going to do for our categories for Euro 2020? Oh yeah, well, we'll probably not do the attractive footballer one anymore after the feedback we got about it during the Women's World It's Cup. okay if we do men. Oh, like, that's how that works, is it? Yep. That's an interesting debate. Probably not for now.
0: Not one for now. We've got no. six months. No, nine months until it. Until nine the
1: months. Tell you what. Uh, listeners, you've got nine months until the international tournament And with any luck, we won't be talking about the international permutations at all Except in bulletin format Ever unf- again Ever again So in the meantime, nine months before, we do probably season five Maybe season six by that point Who knows, our seasons are so impossible to to, to justify or count uh, But by that point, we'll, we'll need categories We'll need you to tell us How we, how are we going to get you interested in the European Championships twenty twenty. What categories of do you want to know about? Do you want to know about the footballer who has the, the 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 most political raison
0: d'etre? Do you want to know about someone who's got a degree? Do you want to know about they're attractive people. Or perhaps you just want to know details about the cities in which these games are playing. I love that. Yeah, that's great.
1: I'm always Historical context. That. Historical context of football. Especially if Kosovo and Albania and Macedonia all get there. And Ooh. Finland. Oh, Finland. Come on, Finland. You Finland do... have got
0: a, a language uh, structure, written and oral, that is completely unique within Europe. I know. It's stuff like that, Joel. That you just need... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon. and I promise, listeners, there'll be little... Little more of me making Joel do... Forcing Joel into doing episodes and way, way more guests and hilarity. Yes,
1: we will finish there. Goodbye! That was the Absolute Worldie Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam janot and Amar Chada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeger, who designed our beautiful logo. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating and follow us at Worldy Podcast. Goodbye. So am I just like, basically you're It's almost like I'm the guest and then I get to interview the other guest, right?
0: Yes. Yes.